You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to the 9to5 Entertainment System, episode 100 and something. Is three, it really? Three. 103. 103. Wow. What do we talk about, So. Uh, we have a quiz on Africa and a quiz on Jono. We talk <laughs> about, um, what is this? We talk about hour for a while? Mm-hmm. What? Hair. 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 We talk for about, I can't read your handwriting, Scott. We talk about girl guides and her yummy cookies. Cyberpunk, where did you go? Then we talk about the never-ending story, Logan's Run, the Warriors, Robot Jocks. We talk about the video game Steel Battalion. We talk about the TV show F is for Family and American Horror Story Hotel. Talk about Supernatural, Buffy, and Twilight, and we finish off with a small conversation about NHL All-Star John Scott. And there will be a test on John Fax at the end of the episode. This and more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment Entertainment system. We're here with, I think, the rarest combination of podcast members, which is Scott, Sophie, and Keith. No way. We did one without you once. Yeah, that is the absolute rarest. Yeah. The absolute rarest is no Keith. Oh, I, was I there for that? I think yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. It was when. Was uh, yeah, it was when I went to Taiwan. You guys, uh, you guys actually. I forgot. You did it. You guys. It was like a dream. That was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I would, so, I would say. Like a third of all downloads ever are of that one podcast. Like the listeners were ready for a podcast without me, and then you guys delivered it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is coming out on Thursday, right? February the fourth, mm-hmm. which means that the reason that John is not here is that he is either in Africa, in or on his way to Africa. He's leaving tomorrow, no? I mean well, Wednesday. He leaves Thursday. Thursday. He leaves on Thursday. Yeah, so I think he will be on his way to Africa when this episode comes out. And at some point he was going because he's going to be gone to Africa. He's climbing Kilimanjaro and he's going to places. Quick, Keith, what country is Kilimanjaro in? I thought Kilimanjaro was a mountain. Kilimanjaro is. is a mountain. I don't know. In Africa. Africa is the biggest <laughs> continent, or amongst the biggest continents, mm-hmm. and uh, big I don't know. continent. Unless you combine where's the Americas. Serengeti? The desert? No. The te- Serengeti's not a desert. I'm just Serengeti. highlighting our, our complete lack of geographical knowledge of, I of the continent I feel like if you ask an African where Mount Royal is, they would not be able to say Quebec. <laughs> That's what I feel. Yeah, but Africans don't come <laughs> to North America to climb Mount Royal. <laughs> but they should. <laughs> <laughs> Visit Mount Royal and see some guys on tight ropes. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of dudes fighting with foam swords. <laughs> the traditional customs of Montreal. So what's going on, guys? What are you guys up to? I actually have not spoken to you people in a long time. Located in northern Tanzania. Tanzania. And extends to southwestern Kenya between 1 and 3 degrees south latitudes and between That's 34 and 36 degrees east longitudes. Okay. That's you know, a Serengeti. Yeah. Where, where is Kilimanjaro? Uh, Tanzania. Well, I don't know. Let me, let's it's, 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 it's a T one. 
Because then when she said Tanzania, I was like, wait, I think this is like ringing a bell because I kept mispronouncing it in uh, Eldritch Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I think I just started calling it the Tam Tams. Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Hang on. Found it. Uh, it's Kibo? No. It's a dormant volcano in Tanzania. Tanzania. It is the highest mountain in Africa and rises approximately 4,877 meters. The 9 to 5 edutainment system. Above so sea level. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about John climbing giant mountains, right. I feel we would be remiss if we didn't discuss his other mountain that he recently oh. climbed. It's true. We should totally talk about this whole podcast. We should talk about John behind his back, and then we'll be like, and we will say it's not behind your back because we posted it publicly on the internet. So Was so this Texas Mountain? It. Texas Mountain? No, it's not Texas Mountain. It's a mountain of personal achievement, where John bid farewell to his membership in the Pony Guard and cut his hair. Because so his eyes are off. wide. He, <laughs> He's he got a big hair? boy haircut. Yeah. Wait, what kind of haircut? Don't tell me he went like fucking. What's it called? Pompadour? No, he didn't go pompadour. Okay, good. He, uh, he went to Keith's Barber and basically got Keith's haircut. No, not even close. When? It's, uh, last week. It's like much, much, much longer than mine, and it goes. He, he keeps it back, not to the side. What? It must look so nice. It does. It looks really nice. It looks really, really good on him. He got a lot of compliments on it. Oh, well like, done, John. Everybody who's seen it says it really suits him, and like it still kind of keeps that like that back look mm-hmm. that I think he was worried about losing. Because for the longest time, like, I, again, I'm I'm super excited that we're talking about John. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here <laughs> specifically about his poor choice in hair. For the longest time, John used to be like, I don't get a haircut because like I look really bad with a shaved head, and I was like, There's a lot of hair in between ponytail and, and shaved, shaved head. head. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also, he looks really bad with a shaved head when he shaved his head at 17. Yeah, like 15 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So that's like... Didn't he just look more like Steve? I guess. Like, basically, he just probably looked more like Steve. And that's and the last time he had a shaved head, he also had glasses. And like, shaved head and glasses mm-hmm. is a super different look. Uh, either and way, it must, it must look really cool. Good for him. It does look really cool. And he was, I think he, he was very, very, I think, nervous about the amount of upkeep. And he's like, he's like, I wake up, I brush it back, and then he's like, I put a teeny bit of product to kind of keep it there. And what hair. product? He got product. No way. Because he's like, and uh, but also at the same time when we were traveling uh, back from Texas, um, he didn't have anything in it. He was like, oh, this is this is all right too. Like I, th- I think he was just like, I was like, John, how like I have probably spent the most time on my hair of anybody we know, and I'm like, how long? Including do you think- me possibly <laughs> and i was like how long do you seriously think it takes me he's like i don't know man like five ten minutes i was like no dude this is like two minutes like two minutes is a long time to do your hair like if you actually like put it on a stopwatch i'm like i brush my hair whatever i like i gel it and then i put a comb and then i place it that's two minutes i'm it's like a long time it is a long time but i'm like it's in the grand scheme of the day it's nothing <laughs> it's fucking nothing and i'm like and i probably spend the most time of hair of almost like on tons of people yeah, it's not like using a, a straight razor to shave every morning. Like you, exactly. you brush your hair, you put it in place, and you go. Exactly. It's, it's weird because another friend of mine is uh, getting his haircut. Jazz is doing it actually. Okay. Um, we're we're bending together, chugging wine, and we're going to cut his hair. He's getting a pompadour. Crazy. It is his first big boy haircut. Ooh. He's always been shaved or long and scraggly. Right. So yeah. You know, I think John uh, realized it was time. He also started to notice that his uh, his widow's peak was Peaking? growing a little bit and he's like uh oh 
He's like, ponytail does not help that. He's like, receding hairlines and ponytails are not. John's still looked good with long hair. I thought he looked fine. Well, I think so, but I think he started noticing that it was receding a bit. And he was like, you gotta. Oh, Mr. Lechman is vain. He is vain. I mean, like, and that's the other thing too, right? <laughs> no, he's no, no. He's As someone who's, who's, who's lost a bunch of hair, you really can't keep growing it long. And look, any sorts of. Good. I remember you with your long hair, Scott. That's how I met you. Yeah, I had long hair, and then it started to fall out, and then I don't have hair anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you cut it. That's how it exactly. goes. I feel. I feel that the tipping point was uh, Mister Eternity <laughs> cutting his hair. Mister Eternity, Chris, yep. Chris for the for, for the, the wedding. wedding. I feel that like John was like, huh. I am the last one, <laughs> <laughs> and just like just basically rolled with it the one person i am so glad that they did cut their hair and it made such a difference for them and made them look more human is lawn talk <laughs> yeah but he and he cut his hair a while ago he cut his hair a long time ago and it was i'm so glad he did it because i was like oh you you can look like a human <laughs> good oh yeah john john looks good i mean i think that also like i i've always argued this in terms of like i was like you're I, he's starting to date he's starting to meet people and i'm like it's not a their judgment, but I'm like, there is a stigma that goes with the ponytail that a lot of people are just going to assume. What? That they're, you're like a big nerd or like a big metalhead, basically. And I mean, like, John is like, a he, he could have gotten some black clothing and a pair of Doc Martens. And, he and borrowed my clothes once started. to go to a goth club. <laughs> he wore my clothing. <laughs> and then he danced to the moonlight. Apparently. I don't know. Either way, I was very entertained. He sent me a picture. I was like, well done. Yeah. You, you know which t-shirt I lent him? Which one? My Metalocalypse t-shirt. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's God. apropos. At least John. I just, I really thought you were going to say, like, mini dress. <laughs> I was like, huh. Yeah, because that's, that's the kind of stuff I wear, Scott. No, that's exactly why you gave it to him. You're like, I, You're like, I don't wear this. this sort of thing. You wear it, John. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so I think, have we talked enough about John's hair? I don't know. How, how much have we got so far? <laughs> we're, at, we're at eight and a half minutes of basically just talking about John and his hair. While he has no, the best is that he has no chance to hear this for such a long time because he's in Africa. Wait, when's he coming back? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a long flight. Maybe if he gets it early. I mean, no, I don't think. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to tell him to download this on like as soon as he leaves. And yeah, if he Because we discovered some amazing things about climbing Kilimanjaro. Exactly. We have like hot tips for Kilimanjaro. I think that was also, Kilimanjaro was also a part of uh, the triggering. Man, you really do not want to be in the wilderness with a long. That shit sticks to your neck. It's exactly. gross. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think that was part of his, uh, his deal too, where he was like, I don't really don't want to like manage like hair and ponytail with like probably no showering for like two weeks and like whatever. So. So when is he coming back? I want to say the beginning of March. Hopefully. Last last week of February, beginning of March. He's gone three weeks, and he's leaving, I guess, is it the 4th or the 5th. Right? Okay. So, All right. Yeah, yeah. So there probably there's going to be another 90S without him. I wanted week. to hang out before he left, but I guess I'm SLL. But unless, yeah. you, unless you do that on Wednesday night. I don't know. I'm babysitting Cammie. Well, okay. I don't know, man. Cammie is Cammie's cool. She's got... I got to take her to a Girl Guides to thing. I am taking my niece to a girl guides thing in the West Island. I guides. feel so domestic. <laughs> I really do. It's, yeah. She's, is this like. She, she, does she sell girl guide cookies? Does she sell girl guide she cookies? She was. Yeah, she was selling them, yeah. Why was she not selling them to me? Because you don't live near each other? Because thin mints are the best. I will, I will wait for them. I will put in an order. Wasn't there like this big outrage about girl guide cookies and how. I don't know, something awful, and now people are boycotting them or something? Because they're fattening up America in the name of guiding girls? 
Yeah, no. But either way, <laughs> nice slime she sells. I'll, I'll because Thin Mint Cookies are the best cookies. Okay, so I'll get some for you next yeah, time. You can't right. get them at the store. You can't. No. Uh, you have to buy them from young children. Exactly. Girl Guy Girl Scout cookies are like, they, they got a racket going, man. That's true. They have like specific brands of cookies that you can only get from girls for doing fundraisers. Yeah, that's if that's not gang tactics, I don't know. It's like the Girl Scouts, like G-R-R-L. Girl, Girl Scouts from the the Jim Food comic of the nineties, where they would in the Girl Scout cookie boxes put weed, and then they would deliver weed all around Freak City. Huh. And the thing that sucks about that is if you smoke a bunch of weed and you don't actually have any Girl Guide cookies, then you're fucking. Think about how funny because the box is right there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, sweet cookies. Oh, oh just, just more, more pot. <laughs> <laughs> that would really be upsetting. <laughs> you're like, that's a bummer. <laughs> Uh, so, <clears throat> what have you guys been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been listening to? <clears throat> what have you been reading? What have you been eating, I suppose? Yeah, Scott. Um, I've recently been wondering about cyberpunk. Like? As a genre. Wondering? Is this yeah, like, like are you what, just sort of what happened to cyberpunk? I thought experimenting was done in college, Scott. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, <laughs> like when you're talking about what happened to cyberpunk, I heard a story this weekend at PAX about one of the like from one of the writers at EA and I can't remember the game oh yeah 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 it was Mass Effect when okay. they were conceiving Mass Effect they were like and it's gonna be cyberpunk and like and people like somewhere in the writing room were like guys cyberpunk is about to fucking like the bubble's gonna burst like Matrix is ruining it like, it's put it super mainstream. Everything is, like, set five to ten years in the future. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and, and all that stuff. And I was, like, and I was thinking about it. I was, like, yeah. I was, like, whoever whoever made that call was 100% right. They were, like, no, far future space adventure is, like, they're, like, cyberpunk is going to happen. And then I think that it, like, cyberpunk went down while steampunk came up. Exactly. Yep. Like, it was just sort of, like, like nope, we would, like, old-timey tech instead of slightly futuristic tech. And then I also realized, <laughs> playing Metal Gear Solid, that Metal Gear Solid is fully cyberpunk. Like, playing the, the new, like, I'm playing the HD remaster of Metal Gear Solid 2, where it's, like, it's it's set in 2008, like, because I think it came out <laughs> in 2001 or whatever, like, the, the first one on right. the PS2, and you're just sort of like, oh, the reason, like, the, how they explain why you have, like, the radar is that it's, like, sensing vibrations off of everything and you have like a nanotech suit and that's why you can like look through walls and stuff like all that stuff is like straight cyberpunk like near future tech that almost exists like they use words like nanotech that you're like ah, that's a word and they use like gps like global positioning systems which we all know to track the vibrations in the building and that's why how they explain all the radar tech and stuff so so yeah, so speaking, were you, were speaking you watching of the games. fall of <clears throat> fall of cyberpunk? Were you like? I was just thinking about old video games, yeah. as I do. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> just sitting there watching your child play, thinking about old video games. <laughs> and and Super Nintendo had a whack ton of of cyberpunk games, right? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, for sure. One after the other, were tons of them. And I watched a video about Shadowrun mm -hmm. and how it was super different on the SNES and PC. the Genesis. Oh, and the Genesis, yeah, yeah, yeah. like to the point where they're completely different games, just with the same name. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, there used to be a whole ton of cyberpunk movies. And then I watched um, Nemesis, starring Oliver Grunner. Okay. I don't know what that is. Wait. 
It's a cyberpunk Wait. movie. Well, I need to Google this because I, that rings so yeah, hard. The movie out. poster won't bring back any memories because the poster is way cooler than the movie is. <laughs> Uh, movie was was good, but the poster looks just okay. Was, what was the overall plot? To um, there are enhanced humans, right? As just by rote, oh, you got hurt. You uh-huh. here's a new eye. Yeah. Um, there are cyborgs, mm-hmm. and the line has been crossed where cyborgs can fully present as human. What about the TV show Tech War? William Shatner's Tech War. <laughs> William Shatner's Tech War. It's also cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, cyborgs are starting to take over politically, and one of the enhanced human detectives. Has In the to... future, it pays to be more than human. It's very cool and very dark, and then the last 45 minutes are an extended chase and gunfight scene. And I was like, oh. It's kind of a bummer. That was really long. So, yeah, no. So. But... I've seen this movie. Yeah. In yeah. the future. He, he has killer calves. Dude is buff. Yeah, but I remembered like like just I was impressed. Calves for days. Yeah. <laughs> Totes. Can't act for 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 his life though. No, no, he cannot. But calves for, <laughs> <but calves> for <laughs> days. <laughs> so. But like, I don't know. I like. I, I guess it was like I think Matrix burst the bubble. Like that was. Yeah, like I used to read a lot of William Gibson, but his last few books were very strange. Okay. And then. Um, Cyberpunk. Like, Spunk. Steampunk. <laughs> Neil Stevenson, I read Neil Stevenson, but his stuff isn't really cyberpunk anymore. Right. It's more real world action or straight up science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Reemdy was like, what happens if like gangsters start using MMOs to elicit transfer funds? Okay. Weird. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like not cyberpunk. It was like, what if World of Warcraft was mixed in with gangsters and you're like, yeah exactly oh, that's I mean, a thing like, that could happen it's it kind of like very like it's like brushing against cyberpunk but like only only because it was written by neil stevenson no but i'm that. just saying but like mmos and like online communities and then people manipulating the online communities is like it's still that's like it's it's in the cyberpunk vein without being sort of but there was nothing that couldn't happen now yeah that was happening in the book but that, that like also- like in world of warcraft Gold has a cash value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the other thing too, right? Maybe like, maybe like near future tech is harder and harder to write. You know, because like be- we're there. Because I mean, we're like- we're pretty much like almost everything in cyberpunk, other th- other than putting stuff in your skin, which I mean, like we're still getting close to all the actual tech. We're like super close to like our cell Oculus phones. Rift are- and- yeah, exactly. We have like full VR is like a thing that's happening this year. Like, our phones are, like, smart computers that can connect to, like, a gazillion networks anywhere we are and transfer all this data. And, like, it's stuff that, like, would be a staple of cyberpunk in the 80s and 90s is just, like, but I just like stuff we do every day. Yeah, but there is, at the same time, there's no, like, creepy Udo Kier sitting in the back of the bar. There should be. Like. Yeah, how do we know, though? <laughs> I don't know. I've been to a lot of shitty bars, and there's no Udo Kier back there going like, With "Just wait till Comic Con; he's going to be there." <laughs> hey, man, do you want an implant? I can hook you up. Like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that, like, other than like cybernetic implants and Udo Kier and Udo Kier, the obvious <laughs> Udo Kier is a known trope of the cyberpunk, cyberpunk genre. <laughs> Sophie, favorite cyberpunk oh. stuff? I don't know. I I can't really define cyberpunk, I, so I wouldn't know. I mean, like Blade Bla- Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is a big standout. Um, Blade Runner is a movie I never get tired of watching. It's my top 
it's my number one out of yeah. everything. So yeah, I guess I like cyberpunk um, <laughs> in that hackers. respect. Johnny hackers? Mnemonic. That's not. I never saw Johnny Mnemonic. Really? Udo here. I never. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I'll watch it now. <laughs> hackers is definitely cyberpunk. You don't like hackers is something else entirely. Holy man. cyberpunk! P- like it. it hackers di- is about using computers in in this fantasized version of hacking based on what actual hackers were living in the late late 80s and 90s except that they were doing stuff that no computer could do in the 80s and 90s but i imagine cyberpunk to be like further than that i, I imagine some element of like um fantasized cy- cybernetic human elements to it i guess not just pushing technology further as far as only other, tech but, uh, other than enhanced human Hackers has every other cyberpunk trope, right? It has the evil corporation that's using computers to manipulate even like – or the ha- evil hackers manipulating the evil corporation to make millions of dollars. The corporation is basically like a faceless oil company, like a group of hackers who can basically do anything as long as it involves a computer. It doesn't make any sense. Rollerblade around wearing weird costumes and go to underground parties where there's like the secret hackers that have a secret hacker TV show. And weird VR gloves. Weird <laughs> VR gloves are all in there. The like manipulating the entire city's infrastructure so they can rollerblade around faster. Like other than enhanced human, every other like cyberpunk trope is really. Pre- I I think cy- hackers is cyberpunk pretending not to be. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it at all. I've watched that movie a lot. Yeah, so so <laughs> so have I, but I'm I just I don't it, feel the same about it. The reason that I feel that it's cyberpunk is because it's like it's not a representation of hacking at the time. Like it's a futuristic. I can see Sophie's argument here. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys yeah. can. You, I mean, you can argue it at no, no, me. No, I just no, no, feel no, this I'm, way. I'm saying like there's obviously there's the, two ways to see yeah. it. The city <laughs> isn't the city isn't dirty or dark, but it almost always is at night. And no, that doesn't matter. That's just elements of reality thrown into a movie, but, superimposed on a theme that you feel like, should be cyberpunk. The way That's th- all you're telling me here, Keith. That doesn't make the movie real cyberpunk. Real hackers don't rollerblade, go to raves, and like dress like complete crazy people. That w- it's not a representation of real hacking. Cyberpunk hackers do that. You do know what I mean? Really? I think yes, it's really. it's fringe. It's fringe. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it. It's like fucking as pure as Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, like, for sure. It's a bunch of raver kids with computers. That's all it is. It's it's fucking generational to mid-90s. That's all it is. Okay, but as a kid who went to raves in the mid-90s, none of them were hackers. Were you high when you watched this movie? Is this why you think it's cyberpunk, Keith? No, I'm just saying. I think I should take this laptop away from you because I don't think you know how to use it. You guys, I'm hacking so hard right now on this podcast. Literally, there's bars moving and it's spiking with the sound and we have moving. This is basically recording audio. could be used as a screen of hacking in the film. Based on every (laughs) argument you've presented to me, what we're doing right now in this screen makes this cyberpunk. I don't agree with it. We do all have headsets on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We all have headsets on, and we're broadcasting an audio signal across and the world. And look at how outlandish we're dressed. This is totally cyberpunk. If, if you wrote this in the 80s, it would be. They're like, oh, these people sit around talking to a computer. Gorilla radio. And then the, like, thousands of, and millions of people have access to this file, and it's not broadcast over the radios. It's broadcast over like the internet. The World Wide Web. Exactly. As, as we look up facts about Africa on our smartphones. Yes. If I wrote this, in ni- if I wrote this scene in 1985, people would be like, cyberpunk. Okay, All we so need is cool, cool nicknames. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, by that definition, I would make Star Trek cyberpunk, which it is no. not. There's themes of Star Trek that are not Keith, cyberpunk. Keith, you're wrong. You're <laughs> so we're wrong. talking about <laughs> themes, not setting. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going with themes. this? Oh, yeah. Ice Blade tea, Runner. Udo Cure. Exactly. Uh, puddles. 
Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> VR gloves. Exactly. VR Keanu Reeves. Who don't care? Uh, Ice tea. Ice tea. You guys remember VR Troopers? That was not cyberpunk. No, it was not. <laughs> that was just an after-school. That was an after-school cash grab at Power Rangers. Yes, it in, was. In reading about cyberpunk and what happened to cyberpunk, I came across a list that put Captain Power and the soldiers on, of the future on the cyberpunk list. And oh, I, I like, love that, but that's post-apocalyptic <laughs> cyber. Yeah, but a lot of cyberpunk is post or near apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I totally buy that. It is. Right, the See? bad guy is is like a cyborg, and there's like evil AIs. That Sauron are was so all the cool. Time. Yeah, I you know what's close to cyberpunk? Aliens. Oh god, aliens no. is very close. No, it's with, sci-fi horror. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying. But like, there's not a lot of evil company, and the androids being the bad guys almost always, and the androids that you don't know are androids. Like, there's. Like, almost. Like I said, you know, it's Keith, I'm not sure you've read enough cyberpunk to really get it. <laughs> I think, yeah, you know, I'm thinking that too. <laughs> just, God damn it, you guys. Just give up, man. <laughs> I said almost. I said I almost. think you're mixing up like science fiction with punks. You have not earned your cyber badge. <laughs> I'm tearing up my membership to the cyber squad. <laughs> yeah, your, punish- your punishment is a uh, reread of Neuromancer. Those are hard, man. No, Neuromancer is super easy. Uh, Snow Crash is hard. Snow Crash is hard. Snow Crash is hard because it, it's kind of in the past now. <laughs> if you read it, you're like, oh yeah, that happened. It's over with. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other one. There's one that I read that it was just like hard to read. Like in the sense of you're like, what are you even talking about? Uh, what's give me give me one like right around came out right around Neuromancer was one of his first ones. Burning Light. Maybe Burning Light is is hard to read because it's written in the style of someone who doesn't write English. Yeah. Basically, like if you were going to write that book now, it would be written in a series of texts. Like yeah. It's just it's hard to read Yeah, that exactly. Book. You're just sort of like, and like, your eyes go across words and you recognize the words and you realize you did not retain anything that you just read from the last yeah. page. You're like, wait, what the fuck is this? I hate when it happens. It's fucking brutal. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. I Somebody kept telling me to read Neuromancer. I'm like, I don't think I can. There's an audio play of it from no. the BBC. No, I can't take those seriously. Uh, this is because they have British good. accents and you can't take anyone with No, I just, I can't, <laughs> why are you reading me a fucking book? I can't, I can't do it's not. A, it's not an audio book, it's an audio play. What is the difference? Uh, it's not one person slowly reading you the whole book, it's all the characters having voice actors. It's like old time radio. I don't know how I would feel about that. I guess. And I'd it's also it not shot. 24 hours long, it's like 4 okay. hours long. Right there. Mm. I like to imagine that Sophie's sentiments were expressed also by like little sophie when like her parents were trying to read her a book to go to bed why the fuck are you reading me a book right now mom (laughs) what's the point of this and then just going to bed only yes because i only i wrote this one (laughs) no that especially if like the only story i ever wanted to hear when i was a kid was peter and the wolf (laughs) even though i was terrified of the wolf that's a weird thing that you did to yourself Maybe that's why you have a hard time sleeping now. I, I had nightmares about wolves, <laughs> and I would hallucinate wolves on the ceiling. But read night. me Peter and the Wolf, Mom. Yep. <laughs> she was like, no! <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm just inviting nightmares into my daughter's life. Remember like, the, the, the gnarl? No. Is that what it is in NeverEnding Story? Oh, the, the nothing. nothing. No, no. that's not The nothing is the event that is happening. The, right. the big wolf creature, uh, the one that's yeah, threatening yeah, a tree. Yells at him through the wall and comes out of the shadows. Yeah, that's not yeah. the nothing. That's uh, I thought it was just like a manifestation of it. The gnarl? No, it's like a servant of the nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It might be the gnarl. Like, I, I'm i very 
far detached from. A Neverending Story is one of those movies that, at the recommendation of people who've gone back and rewatched it, I've never rewatched. They I watched it not too long ago. It wasn't awful. People, okay, but people were just sort of like, they're like, your memories of it are way more fond than the movie actually is. You're like, there's a lot of like... It's no Princess Bride. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's it not, definitely it's, not the Princess, it's not a Princess Bride. Bride. It's not a Goonies. It's not like... The Gmork. The Gmork? The Gmork. That's, okay. that's what it was. Okay. It was driving me nuts. Okay. okay. Yeah. Have you gone back and watched... No, man. The, when the horse dies, it's still super sad. <gasps> oh, Artax, Artax the yeah. horse. Oh, it's still no. super sad. I still Artax, cry. Artax the sad horse. I love that movie. See, the, what's weird about that is that's the scene from that movie that stuck with me forever was that weird two statues that shot laser beams out of their eyes that anyone had tried to cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, I had dreams about that for like 10 years after that That was really that scary, that scene. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not scary, just like, I'm there. Am I going to go for it? I don't know. Should I? Yeah, I'm going to run and then I'm going to jump. I made it! Like, just that scene would show up in other dreams that were not about anything. That's such a stressful scene. I remember the eyes and I was like, those are scary. That scene. Not the wolf, not the horse, not the 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 world crumbling away into oblivion. That scene with lasers and statues. That scene is overlapped (laughs) in my brain with the carousel scene in Logan's Run. And like... Why? Because <laughs> lasers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're talking about, a never-ending story, but also, like, when you talked about it, I was like, my brain went right to Logan's Run, and I was like, I also think I saw, like, Logan's Run, a never-ending story around the same time, because my dad had it on Laserdisc. Oh, that's messed up. My dad had Logan's Run on Laserdisc, so I watched, Lo- I watched A, I've seen Logan's Run multiple times, which I don't know why. That's super weird. I just made... <laughs> I just- Talk about things that are hard to watch. <laughs> no, I just watched that and I made John see it because he'd never seen it before. Understandably. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he was born in the fucking end of the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, no, he loved it. It was it was a really good movie. It's much, much longer than you expect. Like, it's like two hours and ten or something. Like, uh, no, not that much. You, it went by, it was a lot shorter than I remember and it was uh, more interesting than I'd remember. Yeah, I yeah, haven't, yeah. I hadn't watched it in over ten years. The, the, the scenes that stick out are carousel scene, like because I remember, like because like, this is like remember, as a kid, I ki- can see that kid mode carousel and the freaking robot chasing them through the caves for like no reason, like the crazy robot, yeah, like, the robot who's just gone crazy. Yeah. I guess he was the, the guardian of some. Sort. Yeah, but yeah. like he, but he was portrayed as crazy. Like it wasn't like a straight like I'm the robot here to stop you from leaving. I'll just shoot you with lasers. He was like, like yeah, because his programming went off. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It was like a, a busted robot. Yeah. So those are the stuff. And then Naked Swimming. That is Logan's run. And of course you In a nutshell. Run Runner is also the best. When the dark haired guy like it's the run and like stop and the zoom, like the seventies thing. Run runner and he's like, ha ha and, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> and then just like goes after like the guy with the, the dark hair, the Logan's partner. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh it, like took such delight in chasing down runners. He was I was like, This guy is into it's- that's he, a thing that, like, insane. the part players had in 70s movies. Like, <laughs> that just made me think of the guy in The Warriors going, Warriors, <laughs> come out to play. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to own this, this little this role <laughs> <laughs> so hard. That was intense when I We were, it. speaking of The Warriors. I didn't like that movie. You what? Didn't? I know, everybody has that reaction. I just, <sighs> I did not like it. Like, not only is it fantastic, I really thought that you would love, uh, like, 
uh, uh, classical tale we told through 70s New York games. <laughs> I don't see a classic tale. I just see kids in leather and chains beating on each other for no reason. That's all I see. Again, that doesn't sound like something that you would not like. <laughs> <laughs> even, with, even without the Jason and the Argonauts. Point like, made, Scott, but no. <laughs> yeah. no. No, no, no. I do not like it. But it's Jason and the Argonauts. Like, if I start my own softball team, we're going to be called the Softball Furies. Obviously. Like, just, <laughs> I have sketches at home of what the uniform that I could purchase and sign for that team. Softball Furies? Yep. I was, yeah, anyway, we were, we were talking about um, the, like, intellectual properties being converted into video games. Because I just, I just finished Alien Isolation, and now I'm playing Mad Max. Because I was like, I exclusively like to play modern video <laughs> games based on films from the late 70s. So, but I was like, but the Mad Max one, like, was actually supposed to come out about a year before Fury Road, but then got delayed, so it came out just a little bit afterwards. And Alien Isolation, I mean, Aliens is, is I think, at least, like, an ever-present enough franchise that you could drop an Aliens game kind of whenever, and everybody knows. But then I was thinking, do you guys, I mean, I don't, probably, Sophie, I don't know what video game levels. If you out with a question, I might tell you. I was just saying... Do you remember the Warriors video game that Rockstar came out with in the late 90s, early 2000s? No. <coughs> I was working at the video store when it but came out. It was what the hell were they thinking? Wait, I do remember this. I remember having to cut out the, the back because it was – I had to cut all the words out of the back because it was all in English. <laughs> and, yeah, and I would try to leave store. the photos there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Basically, it's running on the Grand Theft Auto license, and it's an open world game where it, like – fully expands the world of the warriors like with turf wars and like all the different gangs and all that it's like set up, a subway and yeah it's, cool it's a set up set up as a prequel to the movie like and then you get the uh you get the call from cleon or whatever at the end to be like cyrus is calling people together yeah exactly that's it so <clears throat> but yeah and you play like multiple members of the warriors and all that and i was like who the what the fuck like who, did you see this movie who? Yeah, like who just... greenlit this? <laughs> like a major video game studio <laughs> launched like a really big open world game. Probably, I mean, like, admittedly, the engine was already built from Grand Theft Auto, so it wasn't like still. They... But you're throwing a few million dollars at making this game <laughs> to yeah. make a full fledged video game out of a cult classic movie. That I'm like, nobody's not necessarily like. I guess like for people in there at the time, like 30s. I'm like, we saw it because we, we like we went back. Like we're not initial warrior audience you know like we went back to go watch a classic movie i'm like who the fuck is this for like <laughs> why did this happen like let's make a game about the warriors are they making a remake of the warriors no is yeah. it good though was the it a game good is game? really good yeah, yeah like the game's yeah. really cool like, like they, they didn't make a logan's run game <laughs> exactly no but they did make a miniseries when? yeah but like no no playstation one you know ps2 xbox, ps2 xbox versions of yeah, it's not Logan's like, hey, run. listen, PS4 is doing all right. We have a decent market saturation. Um, like, we have a lot of units out there. We're looking for some new IPs. Have you guys ever thought about making a fighting game based on robot jocks? Oh, my God. God, that would make me so happy. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to buy a next-gen oh, console. Yeah. I might buy a PS4 if they made a robot <laughs> jocks game. But it's like, it's almost on the same level. You'd be like, Crash what and the burn shit is this? <laughs> Like, why is there a Robot Jocks in 2016? If you are working at a major video game studio and you're listening to this, mm -hmm. please go and inquire <laughs> about the Robot Jocks license. It's got to be cheap. Because, <laughs> like, I, I don't want even just, like, a fighting game. I want, like, a full, like, 
real life immersion into this universe. I want to spend time as my character in the bars. You want it VR style. I just I want like top down full immersion immersion. Speaking Oculus Rift style. Speaking of full immersion and uh if anybody listened to the little mini podcast that John and I posted on Tuesday you you know this so I'm not going to talk too much about it but I need to just share with you guys. Do you guys know what Steel Battalion is? No. Scott, do you know what Steel Battalion is? It sounds like I have heard of it, and once you tell me, I'll be like, it's yeah. It's an original is. Xbox game with the most expensive controller ever made. <laughs> so, Steel Battalion... You mean more than the Power Glove? Way more than the Power Glove. It launched in fucking 2000 or whatever at 220 bucks for the controller. Because it is a controller, it has three pedals, and then a three-console dual joystick controller mechanism that has like maybe 30 buttons and switches on it that are all used in game none are superfluous including an ejection button and it's a mech simulator like a full nice. a fully immersive mech simulator and they had it set up at PAX South they had uh 10 like uh, local like a tent because you know the the Xboxes can connect yeah yeah, yeah exactly That's it. so they like got 10 local area 10 console 10 controller local Area network, network together, s- network together, set up to play, and there were some dudes who were like camped there the entire weekend. We're like, man, this is a long way to go to play Steel Battalion. Like, well, they've set, they've shut down Xbox Live, like for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So they're like, literally, if you want to play multiplayer Steel Battalion now, this is it. Like, you need you to land it. You need to land it, and you need to organize. And it's like the controller breaks down all the goddamn time, like for real, because they made it as cheaply as possible knowing that even making it as cheaply as possible, it was still going to be a $200 controller that only works with a single game, but is the most immersive mech game you've ever played. Like, your left stick moves you, like, left and right, and then you have a throttle to, like, get up to move, and your right stick is, like, your basic target. Yeah, exactly. And then you have an analog thumb on the left stick to move I feel this should be an arcade game, and it should move. Yeah, exactly. I think that was kind of the notion, is, like, they, they they were taking the idea of what goes on in some arcade cabinets yeah. and trying to make it like a home console. Like, you have well, s- no. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This because start- I want that for my Wing Commander experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, there, there's like a startup routine with all these little like switches that you need to like flick on and off in an order and all that stuff. And then like hit start, hit ignition, hit drive. And if you don't do that properly, like if you don't start your startup sequence, you'll suffocate because you've closed the hatch. <laughs> and you need to like activate your startup sequences and you're like it'll be like you're running out of oxygen idiot your startup sequence is incorrect because <laughs> you've now sealed yourself in a mech it's also the eject <laughs> button if you don't eject the game erases your save file <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's like you're die you're dead save file erased welcome to the home screen again like wow. in the middle of your campaign because you didn't eject like that's okay it's serious business, and it's like Love it's, it. it's not even that fun because it's such a clunky mech battling game. Like it's so, but like it really does a good job of like telling, like you feel you're like I am driving a mech. Like this is what I'm doing right mm-hmm. now in this game. If there was like force feedback and it shook and stuff like an arcade, yeah, it would be probably like I'd be legendary. So, so it's still legendary, like as it is. But anyway, yeah, I was like, it's so dumb. I was like, I feel that more games deserve this treatment, but I feel that it was probably a spectacular financial failure yeah, <laughs> from no everybody kidding. involved. Race games got a lot of that. Yeah, but it was a steering wheel and pedals, and there was a steering wheel and pedals that you could presumably use for other games. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like yeah you could, for sure. You could buy multiple racing games and use 
the steering wheel and pedal at home. Some of those steering wheel and pedals, they were like steering wheel and pedals and clutch and stick shift. And I had, yeah, I had one with the steering wheel, pedal, and shifters that we had because my my dad and my brother really played a lot of race games. So mm-hmm. they were like, we're gonna buy the Mad Cat steering wheel and all that. I remember renting one to play Gran Turismo. And just being like, this is a lot of work. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> I'm going to pick up the controller again. Because you don't even know how to drive. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's not making it was it very unforgiving. For <laughs> mm. uh, so what else have you guys been watching? Uh, yeah. mm. Nothing? Mm. F is for family. I started watching that. That's pretty fucking hilarious. You like it? Yeah. Have you seen it? I've watched like, the first couple episodes. The, yeah. uh, the Bill Burr animated Netflix series. The family in the in the 70s? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's uh, in 70s or 80s, late 70s and early 80s. Yeah, I think it's like late 70s, yeah. It feels like I'm watching my childhood, to be honest. I think, <laughs> well, it's based on Bill Burr's childhood, right? Like okay. The guy who plays the, who plays the dad. Like mm-hmm. If you notice, one of the little, the little ginger kid is named Bill. Okay. So like that's actually Bill Burr, and then Bill Burr is playing his dad. Okay. And it's, like, based loosely on his memories of his childhood. Like, obviously, hammed up for comedy and whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, like... Either way, I'm enjoying it. It's 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 fun so far, but that's, I think, the only new thing. And was Justin Long, right, plays the kid? Uh, he's one, he's one oh, of the voices. Get out of me! Get out of your dad! Oh, I wasn't... I wouldn't understand. Oh. Is he the teenager? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. How far are you into it? Uh, like, five episodes, maybe. And it's a pretty short season, too. It's like 12 or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep watching until it's done. That's how I work. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. Uh, no, that's that's pretty much all I've been watching, really. You know, I've fallen pretty behind on everything. Oh, we finished American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Hotel. Hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening and you're watching American Horror Story and you're not finished, I feel that you should stop watching at episode 11. The uh, ending of episode 11 should have been the end of the series, or the end of the season. Oh, really? Because, well... It, it, that makes it, things awkward. If if you're... There's only 12 episodes, so you're like, oh, but there's only one more episode, and I'm going to watch it. I'm like, you can watch it. It is a 42-minute version of Poker Face. It's just really ra, long. Ra, 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 ra. No. What actually happens, without <laughs> actually spoiling any of the story, is that the horror element ends in episode 11... And then episode 12 is the story of how all of these characters, whoever survived, live happily ever after. (laughs) So it's, okay, that's weird. It's super weird. It's just like suddenly it's like a feel-good, complete change of tone, happily ever after for like, like even the murderer characters. Even the murderers are like, and look at how fucking like nice they are. 500 days of American Horror Story. Yeah. So how many seasons of Horror Story are there now? Fifth. This this was the fifth? Yeah. It was Murder House, Asylum. Coven, Freak Show, and now Horse uh, Hotel. Hotel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I would say that up until up until episode twelve, this was probably one of their best. It's one of the most cohesive. There's way less like storylines that they just like throw out because that was a big issue on a lot of the other ones. You'd be like, "What about this?" And they'd be like, "Forget about it. <laughs> this is not a thing we want to deal with right now." Hmm. Uh, so yeah, most cohesive, most actual horror too like coven had a really cohesive storyline but really stopped being scary about halfway through because like the main characters were witches and it's hard to run a horror story when your main characters have powers too like even when the good guys have powers Mm -hmm. it's less scary and still has conflict but it stops being like a scary conflict if you're like oh shit the dead are rising and like overtaking new orleans 
but the good guys are witches, so they can just shoot them with fireballs. It's not as scary a situation as the dead are rising, and there's nothing I can do about it. This reminds me of Supernatural. It's not really like Supernatural. No, I know, but I've been <laughs> waiting, like, season 11? Just Jesus. Yeah, I've been waiting for it to finish so I could just power watch the whole thing, and they just aired the season finale, I think, a few days ago. So I need to download that shit and watch it all in you, are you a like weekend. Are you fully up to date with Supernatural? Like I just said, I've been waiting well, for was, season well, eleven. Like waiting for season eleven, I was like, maybe I was like to power watch eleven seasons. No, no, no. Or I've, like you've, I've okay. watched up. I watched the first three episodes of season eleven, and then I'm like, you know what? I want to marathon this. Okay. So I stopped, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait and watch the whole thing in one go. Does it get? Better. Okay, forget about season <laughs> seven and eight. Okay, but I, I, it didn't get me on episode one. I watched episode one and I was like, Ugh. no, it, it takes a the <laughs> Mockingbird first Wonder Woman burns on the ceiling. Okay, hmm. uh, uh, yeah, his girlfriend. Right. It's the girl who plays Mockingbird in Shield. Okay, and was Wonder Woman in the pilot? Okay, yes. this is the girl, the bad girl in uh, John Wick. Mm, okay. Just, yeah. The assassin. The assassin girl. Break the assassin first girl. seasons, first few episodes lay the groundwork for how they work and okay. establishes a relationship between the two brothers, which became becomes the foundation of the entire series. Okay. And they play on that a lot throughout the further episodes. Okay. Um, season one and two rely a lot on the fact that they are searching out for their father and what happened when they were children. Okay. So there's a couple of fluff episodes, like maybe four of them, where mm-hmm. you're like, what the hell is this? But you, you really start going and they throw in a bit of the overarching storyline okay. in every episode. So once once you get past that weirdness, yeah. it's kind of but all like <laughs> it takes over your life. Okay. Yeah. With, with eleven seasons I can imagine. But okay, now uh correct me if I'm wrong or maybe I just misunderstood the show, but like a sense of humor shows up later that's not in the beginning. Um the sense of humor is there in the beginning. Okay. It's just very few and far between kind of situation. Um, And it mostly comes out with Dean and in the relationship between Dean and Sam, the two brothers, right? right? Brothers are hilarious. Yeah. Um, The characters that that you end up meeting and the recurring characters that come in have a huge comedic element in the series. Okay. But they really flip-flop between serious and funny. Mm -hmm. Some of the episodes are like straight-out fucking comedy. It's hilarious. Like they have this trickster character that Mm -hmm. shows up later and this whole episode is done in... Basically, you know, like Mojo and the X-Men, TV land. Yeah, they get yeah. stuck in TV land. And it's fucking hilarious. It's one of the best the best things ever. Or the one called The French Mistake is one of the most quoted shows ever, episodes ever. Would the comparison kind of be like to a Buffy? Because like, mm. that Buffy flip back and forth between being funny. And, and obviously the setting and whatever is different. And it's totally different. Um, the feeling in it is also a little bit different in the sense that Buffy annoyed the fuck out of me as a character. That's, that's, I also didn't watch all of Buffy. But. Yeah. I loved <laughs> Buffy. I watched the whole thing through. Yeah, yeah. But her as a character, I found her not relatable in the slightest. But I, I don't know how other people... Like, I, I like the Scooby gang. I watched Buffy for the Scooby gang. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I thought they were more interesting. But this... I, yeah, the relationship between the characters themselves and then when they throw in the third main character in season four is just... It, it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the series. I think I've I've seen a little bit of Supernatural, and I think it's very tone. L- on the level with tone with similarities, if with not Buffy. if not yeah. character and story, then tone. Some of the stuff that if it's handled wrong, it becomes the bad Buffy episodes. It's Monster of the Week, and you're yeah, just like, it can uh, be, and especially first season. And some of the stuff that 
like is darkly funny is funny is the, f- the stuff that sticks with you with Supernatural to be honest like I didn't know anything about Supernatural when I started watching it last mm-hmm. year I was like this is just an excuse to put a couple of pretty boys on screen again with like a Buffy theme ain't nothing wrong with that so I started watching it because I, I was really <laughs> sick I was really sick so I started watching it and five episodes in I was like holy shit and then I gave it a whole season and then yeah made John watch it now he's hip- hooked on it too cool. it's yeah it's really Maybe good I'll just go back. season seven and eight are really bad I, I do not like them, okay. Uh, but it picks up again in season nine, and then ten kicks your ass. But isn't there like, um, um Pat I think has watched all of it. Like there was something that happened with the writers, yeah, or whatever. Like there's like a whole there's even like an out of context, like or not context, but like I think it had nothing to do with the actual goings on of the show in the behind the scenes that like fucked up seven and eight. Like, who was writing style. And, yeah, like, who was writing and who was show running and, like, the initial arc being done and then, then told to stretch it and then... You know, um, right. not exactly. Like, it was written with a five-year arc. Right. Right? And season five ends and you see it. You can see this being the end to the fucking series. Yeah. And then season six comes back and you're kind of like, okay, I guess this continues. And, right. yes, it is. It's no longer the creator of the show, Eric Kirby. Okay. Uh, they, they pick it up. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't... Pay much attention, but yeah, season six and seven were bad. But it, like I said, not six and seven, seven and eight. Okay. But like I said, it, it just season nine and ten are really worth yeah. making it through that. Which I mean, like it kind of makes sense in a way. Like if you have like a different creative team, like if the showrunner left, there probably were some writers that left and whatever. And like they just like suddenly they're like, here's this thing that's been going five five years is twenty episodes. Like here's the thing that's been going on for a hundred years, like a hundred years, a hundred episodes. Fucking keep making it work. Like it's gonna take you potentially like 40 or 50 episodes to be like, and now we figured it out. And mm. this is how to make a supernatural show. Like it must be, that would be fucking rough. I think, yeah. Except <laughs> you could also watch a hundred episodes and be like, I kind of get what's going on without. Well, I, I'm exactly. I mean, I, and I guess, I mean like it, it didn't do so bad that it got canned. Right? No, like, no, it did not. You know, like, I mean like it, they managed to keep the show ratings up. And even if fans later are like, yeah, they're the shit seasons. They didn't, botch it to the point where it got cancelled right away so like I don't know they didn't do it all bad right? as much as there's like a thing a theme for every episode mm-hmm. the, the overarching storyline really is heavily featured in, in every time there's a show Yeah, but yeah sometimes it, it just the overarching storyline isn't as good but the, the mini sode the, the mini story in the episode is good enough to keep you entertained. Cool. So, which is why you kind of keep going through yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So, maybe if I get into it when I hit season six, I'll just like read it on Wikipedia. Season seven. Right. Seven and eight seven are the shit eight. ones. Gotcha. Yeah. But then again, in season eight, you meet one of the coolest characters, and then he's gone in season nine, so you're like, well, fuck. Aww. And his name was Benny. Benny Jets. He's a Cajun vampire. Cajun <laughs> vampire Benny. He's awesome. going to be the name of my new bar. So yeah. we talked about Buffy just a little bit. Right. And I saw a video on Facebook where James Marsters met a bunch of his fans who were like, they were brought in for interviews to talk about why they like Spike so much. Okay. And then he shows up and they're like, oh my God, it's Spike. Right. And I got to thinking like, this is a character who committed a violent rape on screen. Yes, he did. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really think about it too much when I saw it, you know, like 10 years ago. Yeah. But I don't think he's He's like the kind you want to put upstairs up in your room of. No. The guy who does that. See the Twilight trilogy. Mm, there's no rape in that in the, regards to the, the two when, main characters. When they, when they get married, Edward and Bella have incredibly violent sex. That doesn't seem to be super consensual. Bella, yeah, it's consensual. Is it? 
Like I read, but the, it's I read definitely the, not the the Spike and Buffy in the bathroom. Scene. No, 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 no. I, I, like read, I read that whole passage because someone put it to me, and it doesn't. It seem it does not seem like a very romantic <gasps> situation. No, the whole thing is like no, it's it's very extremely consensual. Okay. Yeah, as far as I remember. You read all the Twilights. I did. Crazy. Yeah. You're now the Twilight mm. expert. Somebody somebody well, convinced resident. me to read them after I saw the movie, and I was like, what is this piece of shit? She's like, no, no, you don't get it. You have to read the books. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I will read the books. And this is the first year I moved to Toronto, so I had no friends. So I was like, all right, I'll read this. And yeah. Rough. Yeah. Well, no, were she, they any good? Um, I liked the first movie. They're kind <laughs> of like... I hated books. the second movie, <laughs> and I gave up after that. I refused to no, watch it. No, I, I didn't like the... I didn't even see all of them. I think I saw two of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Either way... Um, no, not even. I think I only saw the first. Oh. I d- but yeah, the books are so easy to go through, you kind of like don't fucking feel it. So, it, yeah. And then you're done, and you're like, you know what? After all that, it was easy to get through, and it wasn't painful, but after you've read it, and you have the whole story in your head, you're like... What the fuck have I done? This is bullshit, <laughs> and you want to burn them all. Yeah. Like, the last the last couple of books, I was just so pissed off. I wanted to give up, but I'm like, I'm so close to the end. <laughs> I need to see if this gets better at the end, and it really didn't. So it was not for me. I can see why so many people love it, but I just, no, no thanks. I love, there was a, a picture that floated around on the internet. It was, like, of a used bookstore, and they were like, well, that's over. And it was just, like, an entire rack of the four <laughs> Twilight books. Like, just a huge, like, wall of Dozens of copies of each of them, and you're like, I gave them to my mom. I was like, read the first book. She liked it. I'll give you the rest. She's like, okay. okay. Right. So she read. She's like, yeah, I'll read the rest. And I brought them. And after she's like, do you want them back? I'm like, no, you just keep them. She's like, but I don't want them. Twilight Risk, has- Risk gave her copies away too. Twilight has to be the worst <laughs> books ever written because no, and I'll say why because it was a bad book series that then spawned Fifty Shades of Grey, a worse book series, right? Like. Which both spawn movie franchises. Which made terrible films. <laughs> Lots of money. Like, I've not read or seen Fifty Shades. Have you guys? Uh, no. I've seen a person who's seen Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Andrew and Alex watched Fifty Shades of Grey because they were like, because they, based on I, its... Well, I don't want to know based the sentence the reason, like Based on yeah. its Twilight pedigree. Because they were like, Twilight was like a movie that everybody said was really bad. And then they watched it and they were like, it's a fun, goofy movie that they had fun watching. And because, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey um, started as a Twilight fanfic. Yeah. Like that's its origin story. So they were like, okay, so it's going to be like Twilight without the vampires. Which, I mean, hey, whatever. We did, we actually kind of like had, like Twilight was our guilty pleasure movie. And they watched Fifty Shades of Grey and they were like, nope. They were like, t- they were like take out everything good about the Twilight series. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, how is that possible? You took everything good out of garbage and then made it a movie. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so in a in a way, the worst ever. But spawning an even worse book series and spawning terrible movies, and then the worst book series also got its own movie. Fuck Twilight. You're yeah. the worst. And that's why the Warriors got a video game. <laughs> I got someone at Rockstar Games who didn't like go with the flow because they would have had it made like Rockstar the... Twilight. Yeah, what, exactly. what about the I would Warriors? Play that game. Hmm? What about the Warriors, Keith? Is that is that cyberpunk? No, God, no. <laughs> so I mean, if I really <laughs> think about it, like, <laughs> it, it could be. You know. Moving on. Well, moving on. <laughs> uh, I really, really, really want to talk about the NHL All Star Game. 
And uh, All-Star Captain slash NHL All-Star MVP slash NHL Player of the Week. Slash, slash playing in the slash NHL. St. John Ice Caps for John Scott. I couldn't be happier for John Scott. Fuck yeah. Like, it's so good. So, Sophie, here's some context for you. Is it hockey context? It's sports. It's a person. It's a person. Context. Do we it's, it's do we need to remind everybody that I confused Wayne Gretzky with Patrick Swayze that one time I talked about sports? No, it's fine. Uh-huh. But it's on a personal level. Okay, so you know that fighting is a part of sports or hockey. part of hockey specifically. Okay, right? Specifically in Montreal? No, specifically no. everywhere. Hockey, oh, hockey right. players fight. Okay. They get into fights on the ice. Yes. Uh, there used to be used to be there's like there have been players who are basically known as enforcers who are like players who are barely good at hockey but don't fall down on their skates when they get punched in the face. So they basically, like, train to fight on skates, right? Like, that's pretty much an enforcer. So more and Wayne, more and more. Wayne Gretzky is a very talented hockey player, and if you were playing against Wayne Gretzky, you might want to go and cross-check him in the face so he would not play against you anymore. And that's why they had a guy named Artie Semenko who would threaten to punch your teeth out if you hurt Wayne Gretzky. And that was his job with, and, in, with the Edmonton Oilers. Huh, to, protect, okay. to protect the star player. So more and more and more in recent years, first of all, I mean, like, it's a, it's a dumb part of the sport. And it's like just like this whole extra weird thing that happens with fights. And also, like, as the teams get more and more competitive, that role, like, that guy is less and less important. They'll, like, you'll have, like, a fourth liner who can fight. But you see less and less a guy who's on the team only to fight. Okay. You know? So, John Scott is pretty much, I would say, like, the last, like... One of the last. One of the last, like, designated fight dudes. To the point where, like, at this point, towards the end of his career, they're, like, bouncing him up and down out of the minors in Arizona. And he's not even dressed every game in the NHL. And he's, like, going down to the farm league team, playing a couple, like, low-minute games or whatever. Basically, like, he's only playing hockey because he has a contract. Like, nobody would sign him to a contract right now. The NHL decides to let people vote the captains of the All-Star team. And everyone is like, John Scott. We should vote John Scott, like, the last of the enforcers. Slash to the All-Star game. A guy who has five goals in his entire NHL career to the All-Star game, and he will be the captain of a team on the All-Star game. So, so the internet starts this, and the NHL approaches John Scott, and they say, John, we don't, like this, people are kind of taking this as a joke, and we don't, we'd like you to come out and say, please don't do it, you know, you're taking the spot of someone, maybe on your team, might not get another shot at being an All-Star, because they're kind of making fun of the system. John says, I'll do that. He gives an interview to him. He says, you know, I appreciate the, the, the votes, guys, but you should probably vote for one of my teammates who are having great seasons. The internet does not care. <laughs> the internet votes him to the All-Star game. Then they ask him to not do it. They ask then, him to refuse, which, yeah. is, which is hilarious because typically if did you star- read, Did you read the Players' Tribune article? I've heard the players should be. Uh, I missed out that. But no, no, I, he- I heard it was fantastic. But it's one fun. of one of the. the oh yeah, members the with thing, the NHL. The kids thing. Says, oh fuck you. Okay. Yeah. So some NHL official, which John Scott classily does not name. Yeah. Says to him, John, won't your children be embarrassed if you do this? At which point John says, "There's nope. a, there's a lot of things that the <laughs> NHL can say to me that I can understand, 
what my children will or will not be proud of me for is absolutely not one of them. Yeah. No kidding. And I've been voted to the All-Star Game, and I'm going to the All-Star Game. Further, furthermore, I read the Vice article that did reference the Player Tribune thing. I really wanted to oh, read it today, really, but I was busy. Really but they were talking about normally, if a player is named an All-Star and then doesn't go, he gets a suspension. Like, if Sidney Crosby is named an All-Star and then doesn't go to the All-Star game, he gets, like... An a, automatic one-game suspension. An automatic one-game suspension for, like, not fulfilling his, like, requirements to the league. Which so happened the, twice, twice, and then they year. didn't name him an All-Star this year. <laughs> so someone, like, just... No, no, but, but also this year, two players declined the invitations to the All-Star game. And Jonathan got, Taves yeah. and Alexander Ovechkin both got voted in. Yeah, and got suspended. And both got suspended for one game for not going to the All-Star game. Yeah. They said, we don't, I'd rather have a long weekend. And my, my back is a little sore. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. which is understandable, but it's just it's a thing that the players, like, teams need to deal with. Like, if you don't go, you get suspended. So you have instead that situation where the league is like, don't go. Like, back, to, back out so we can, like, name someone else. To make it even shittier. Then... The team feels embarrassed. He plays for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. There's a conspiracy theory. No one's coming out and saying this actually happened. But John Scott got traded to Montreal by by the Coyotes. Yeah. Montreal didn't want John Scott. He was part of a package for another player. Uh-huh. Montreal said, we don't want him. If we take him, we're just going to send him straight to the minors. Furthermore, Arizona said, said he yes. would never play. Uh, he, he won't play for us. Benjamin said it, though. He will never get called up. Now, just to be extra shitty. Like, if you trade him to us, his NHL career is done. We're never bringing him back to the NHL. The fact that Montreal did this... Is shitty. It, it tarnishes the, the whole team in my eyes. They're supposed to be the classy organization. Oh, the management of the team. Yeah, but they're supposed to be an organization of class. Yeah. Right? Gentleman Jean Beliveau. Right? Hey. The, the idea of, like, we take I'm sorry, I do own. not associate gentlemen and class to hockey. The, the organization prides itself on hockey. Like mm-hmm. they treat they treat people well. They have tons like and tons and tons of charity stuff. Tons of like, literally had our star player just donated ten million dollars to the children's hospital. Okay. And know? is there like, all the time? And is that is, and is there all the time with sick kids? You know, the like time. there's like part of the Montreal Canadiens public image is a classy organization. Yeah. They're not they're not yeah like a, a sideshow. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know? So I, I feel shitty about that. So now you have an NHL all-star who's not in the NHL because he's been traded and demoted to the minor leagues. <laughs> yep. They're like, so John, maybe you don't want to go. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going. And in his article, he says, it's not like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I didn't win some magical golden ticket to play a game with the stars. Yeah. I've skated every day since I was three years old. Yeah. And of the best hockey players in the world... There are 700 players in the NHL, and I'm one of them. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it started out as a joke. Maybe it'll end as a joke. But I'm an NHL player, and I got voted in a system that the NHL set up to go to the NHL All-Star game, and I'm going to go. Will I be the worst skater there? Probably. But I'm still one of 700 NHL players. Like, I play in the big leagues. Yeah, yeah. So, shows up, plays the All-Star game, scores two goals. Wow. So... On his way to the All-Star game, and this is skipping a point, he goes to the All-Star game. Two of the players he used to play with in San Jose are going to the game, Pavelski and Brent Burns. Yeah. And they say, John, we're going to get you a goal. Go to the net, put your stick on the ice, and you'll get a goal. <laughs> we will feed you the puck, and yeah. you'll score in the All-Star game. Yeah. And he, his first goal, he passes the puck to Brent Burns. He goes to the side of the net, 
puts a stick on the ice. Burns puts the puck right at him, and he he's chooking the goal. Puts it in. Yep. Just just like the happiest moment. Right? You're just like he got his all star goal. Great. Listen he's, to the song "Goon" by Warren Zevon. All right. His team, his his t- former teammates, players he doesn't even play with anymore, yeah, yeah. like the guy enough. They're they're helping him out. Yeah. His second goal is just a thing of beauty. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. He, he gets a breakaway. He's by himself. Matt Duchesne is chipping him from behind. Yeah. He fires a wrist shot top corner. Beats the goalie <laughs> on his glove. Yeah. Right? Just beats him cold. Beautiful skill player all-star game goal. Yeah, yeah, P- Place goes nuts. Place like, goes nuts. Everybody, and like even when they do the introduction of the two teams and whatever, like when they announce it, John Scott gets the biggest pop from the entire arena. Like, and I ah, fuck. And now and, the now the Habs have him in the, the system. The other thing is MSNBC. Like, if you watch the game on CBC, you missed how shitty NBC was to him. Oh yeah. They they're like, so how do you think the the tournament is going to go? And they're like, well, I think Central is going to win because they're a team made up of all stars. Uh, they called the Pavelski Burns uh, Scott line the donut line because there's nothing in the middle. Like they just on the air on national television with his family and every one of his friends watching what the game. Pieces of they're shit. just shitting on him, and like uh, Jeremy Roenick was shitting on him. Like, yeah, but that's not that surprising. Yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> just just awful. They were just being awful to him on the air. He scored two goals, played really well. His team won. It was a four team tournament. His team won and then got into the finals and won the finals. Yeah. The team that wins gets a million dollars. Yeah. Amongst the eleven players. Yeah, exactly. So hundred grand. Every player there. Other than him, makes like minimum four million dollars yeah, a season. Yeah. He gets paid five hundred and seventy-five. The league minimum. League minimum for his salary. So he's like, he could actually use that money in mm-hmm. the like, in the grand scheme of things. It's a nice chunk of change for him. Yeah. It's not escrow counted against either. So like, yeah, they hand you a check and you take it home and you you cash it in. Yeah, exactly. Um, they nominate three players for the fans to vote on Twitter for the MVP. John Scott is not one of them. Mm-hmm. John Scott wins the MVP award because people say John Scott should be more than any of the others that are on the ballot. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a Twitter hashtag thing, and they just still just like swamped it by naming him the, the MVP. So they went, they, they hand him this huge mini, brand new minivan, which yeah. is amazing because he's got two little girls and his wife is nine months pregnant with twins. Whoa, okay. <laughs> so he could use a minivan. And like his wife is nine months pregnant with twins, and they traded him to Newfoundland. Like, oh. Damn. Right? Real rough. I don't understand. I was like, my buddy texted me today. They're like, how do the Habs not call him up? Like, right. how do you not call this guy up and let him fucking play in the NHL one more time just to be like, here you go, buddy? Like, what is it going to harm Montreal to yeah, have? At this point, yeah. Montreal. Like, you're in the middle of a, a tank. horrible losing streak yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring in a guy that, by all accounts, is beloved by his team. He's going to make 21,000 people cheer when, as soon as you say his name. Like, right. everybody's going to cheer. Who's gonna? Who can't be a bad influence on his teammates in the locker room? Yeah, of course and not. and I don't think guys like Subban and Gallagher are like bummed out in the locker room all day. But why not have a positive influence yeah, on the yeah, team? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Ugh. And kind of make up for that super shitty agreement to take them and tank them. Yeah, exactly. I really think Montreal should should call them up at least to start it. Practice. Call up John Scott. Really, we're done for time. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie's got to go. I have to. You need to give me a lift. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Uh, that is the nine to five entertainment system. I wanted to talk about Gen Con. Oh, I said we didn't want to talk about it, and you talked about Supernatural. 
You asked me what I've been watching. That's true. <laughs> Tune in next week where so we talk about Gen Con. <laughs> site in general uh please take the time to like us on facebook we are number nine to five d-o-t-c-c nine to five dot c-c on facebook and uh also follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine t-o number five c-c on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks nine to five dot cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.